Welcome to the Childcare Business Coach Podcast with Evelyn Knight, where mindset mechanics come together for success. Evelyn Knight is the leader of the ECE revolution and is on a mission to touch 1 million children's lives through the elevation of the ECE community. Hello and welcome to the Childcare Business Coach Podcast. My name is Evelyn Knight. Thank you so much for joining us. It is 2024 and I have an amazing interview with me here. I am so excited to bring to you guys Shira, uh, and she is going to talk to you about this major innovative project she has going on. And when she was telling me about it, I got really excited and told her, I got to get you on my podcast. Um, Shira is part of the True Value of Your Voice uh, class that I'm doing right now, which we will be starting our second cohort uh, next month. So if you want information on that, let me know as well. But when I first talked to her about what she's got going, I just thought, yes, you need to get your voice out there. You need to be heard. I am so blessed right now to be working with with just people who are on a course to change the world. I was actually talking to somebody yesterday about this and he actually just an acquaintance through a mastermind I'm in. And he actually said to me, Evelyn, this is amazing. I'm actually thrilled to have this conversation with you because the work you're doing and the people you're aligned with, I can see 150 years from now, the world is not going to look the same at all because the thought leaders that you are aligning yourself with, what you guys are doing is literally going to change the course of human history. So Shira, I thought about you during that conversation. I was like, that's interesting. Tomorrow morning, I'm interviewing her and she is one of those thought leaders, kind of just up and coming, amazing thought leader. And I really believe um, what he said. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us about um, Revabilities and all the things, and then we'll go into your newest project. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Evelyn. Uh, it's been a joy getting to know you. Yes, I have been an educator for 20 years, uh, more than 20 years, almost 30 years. And I've taught and led uh, literally every age. I currently own a child care center and preschool, um, really high quality, innovative program. Uh, I've taught high school. I've been a principal of pre-K, lower school, middle schools, and I teach in the doctoral program of education at Northeastern University. So run the gamut. And throughout my career, I've been honing in on precisely what you were talking about in the introduction, which just makes my heart sing, um, really how you can see glimpses of the future in the classrooms of today. Mm-hmm. And really honing in on how we can amplify the impact that we bring to support our teachers and our students to make a bigger impact in the ways that matter most. And so for much of my career, the approach was really intuitive, just kind of just out of grasp. Love that. And in the past, yeah, in the past few really challenging, eventful years for education. I've put it all together into a framework and a process, use that process to transform my own school and the schools of an innovative group of pioneers who have been working with me. And now I'm bringing it to a larger audience. And I I feel so hopeful and so excited about the possibilities for education. 
And who better than you? I agree. I know when we were talking about your background, I was really impressed because you have gone through that entire range of the ages. And so you really have such a great grasp of what education truly is from birth. And it seems like so many of us, myself included, we have these segmented uh, expertise, right? And we have these segmented views. And ironically, my first uh, degree was actually secondary education, go figure. But I never really studied elementary. So I have that beginning and almost that end of the K through 12 journey, right? But um, it, I, but I never, never actually taught. I did some student teaching time and I was like, yeah, middle school and high school is not for me <laughs> and went to the preschool world. So I think it's perfect because you understand and you can see the whole big picture and how it can flow. And I think that is something that is greatly needed, um, especially here in the United States, because we are so compartmentalized. And a lot of times the different worlds of education don't understand each other. Uh, and, And I know from you working with me, you know how our zero to five world, we're just like, Ooh, we're ECE and that's K through 12. And I I love that you're the one pioneering this because there does absolutely need to be this bridge that is. And I think you're who better than you to create this new innovative system um, than somebody who's been there, who's got experience from beginning to end. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, the idea emerged for me, my first year is, uh, I was an assistant principal for a short time before I became a principal. I was a principal for 20 years and then opened my early childhood center, um, wanting to have a place where I could really innovate and really implement all of the ideas that there were constraints on me to bring about in other settings. Um, And I do look in the system at how to work around constraints and how to work with constraints and the creativity within constraints. The idea sparked for me um, way back in the late 90s when I started. And I was leading, uh, it was a pre-K, actually a three-year-old to fifth grade school within a a K to 12, pre-K to 12. And um, very tight-knit community, and we spoke to each other a lot. I, I didn't realize until much later how unusual that was. But people yeah. came and talked to us, right? People came yeah. and talked to us about, right, the really serious things that were going on in their lives. And there was a look on a parent's face. It was like the look in my mind when they really wanted to talk, where you would pull them in, close the door, sit down, yeah. and be ready to listen. And during the course of one week, and typically it was about illnesses, it was about divorce, it was about family crises that they wanted to come and talk about. During the course of one week, three moms came in, all three moms of third grade girls with the look, but they were talking about what was going on in the school. And it was a horrific case of bullying happening under the radar of any of us. And we thought we were so tight knit. We knew these, these kids, these girls and boys, we knew the kids, we knew the families. We had no idea this was going on. And so it sent me on a path to really learn in a very significant way how to address bullying. And um, this was, you know, the internet was in its very early days. There wasn't the same ability to connect. So um, the way that you reached out and researched was, was different, Um, was, was more labor intensive and, and more intentional in certain ways. But what I found was, was 
a, a huge bank of knowledge about character education and about supporting kids to grow into the kinds of people that they'll be proud of, that we'll be proud of, it was focused around bullying and not, not bullying. And um, during the course of that research, I came across um, research about people who did exemplary acts of altruism as adults, started with people who rescued Jews during the Holocaust. It was maybe one half of 1% of the population of the Nazi-occupied world, right? Um, No one knows exactly because what they did was in private and many of them may have been killed and before their stories being able to be told. But um, but what they had in common, they had almost nothing sociologically in common. What they had in common were some core experiences as children, primarily um, having faced adversity and been supported to overcome it with strength and um, having uh, an adult in their early lives, typically a parent, who had this consistent expectation that they help others, not in heroic ways, but built this habit of helpfulness. And so when the stakes got higher, they just helped step by step by step more. Yeah. Um, and then this extended to other acts of exemplary, courageous altruism, situations that there was tremendous risk and little um, reward, no reward, um, other than knowing that you were doing what you believed in. And so... Um, we took those traits, those early experiences of what these people who grew to be um, exemplary heroic altruists, they would never use the word hero. They would just say we were doing what we could do and created an approach within a school. It was really a cultural approach, not a program of stepping in to train the adults to act like the adults in the early lives of those extraordinary altruists. Um, And we made major progress on the bullying. Uh, By the end of that year, from standing across the room from them, we could tell what kind of a day they were having by body language, by who was sitting near who. Um, So many signs that we just had been invisible to us before by doing the work of really getting to know these girls really well. Um, The ones who were bullying, the ones who were bullied, the ones who had no idea what was going on, all of them. And um, through that process, what struck in my mind is what we were doing was we were supporting them in the moment in real ways, life-changing ways. Uh And we were supporting them to grow into people who could behave in life-changing ways in a future that we couldn't even imagine, in situations that were different, but with core similarities. And so I built a program around that and throughout my career continued to develop the program around that. Um, and it, and at long last put it together into frameworks and a more systematic approach to really ground yourself in what matters most in a flexible, adaptive way. That is amazing. And it, it just amazing. And so, so needed in our society, I think. And again, like I just said, if, when I started, I can see where you're tying that together. Um, we can see how that can change the world, right? And what we do for children today actually forms who they become. And especially zero to five, where your executive brain skills are forming, right? So imagine, yeah, imagine a world where in the early childhood of space, we put these principles into place intentionally 
And then by the time they do get through the K through 12 world, they're really more socially, emotionally prepared to learn. So instead of the bullying, instead of now they're really engaged in learning and they can perform, they've got more confidence. it, It leads to so much more, right? What you're talking about, even, and for those of you who are in the K through 12 world and don't, I mean, it doesn't mean it's too late. Right. I think sometimes when I speak, I make it sound like, oh my gosh, it's done and we got it. But it doesn't mean it's too late. It doesn't mean it's too late for an adult. This is really something that can span lifespans. It's not just a system that's going to be even from birth through 18, right? This is even something an adult can learn from. It's really about creating paradigm shifts and breaking traditional patterns that have been passed down from generation to generation. And what you're talking about is exactly how it's going to be done. And so I love what you've created because definitely you've created a system that can break generational patterns. So it's an awesome work that you're doing. And I've that experience. um, I know Steve Jobs said it's so easy to connect the dots looking backwards, but hard to connect the dots looking forward. So I'm sure right now, you're in a space where you see this thing you've created and it's the dots are starting to probably connect where you had to have that experience of the bullying. You had to be in that culture that is unusual where everybody flows together because now it's led you to this place where you're going to be leading this new innovative charge to change the face of education. Thank you. Yes. And it, it connects back to innovators past. So, mm-hmm. um, and the belief of, of what we do today in classrooms truly impacts the future. So yeah. name a few visionaries, um, Maria Montessori. I am not Montessori trained and that was not my background, but I, I've always had great admiration for her yeah. and it grew exponentially during the pandemic. So during the pandemic, when um, my center is in New York, um, one of the first and worst COVID hotspots in the country, and we never closed. So we were figuring out, we came up with our COVID health and safety protocol three months before New York told us what anything. Um, and I was looking for everything that we were implementing to be playful and child-friendly. Nice. And so... Um, was looking at how we could have individual materials, again, creativity within constraint, individual yeah. materials in a way that was playful, in a way that you always talk about research-based, research-based, in a way that serves kids. And so it struck Montessori individual materials. Um, and I was always more of a communal gal, but I thought, okay, Montessori uses it for pedagogic reasons, and they're good, and they're sound, yeah. and they're proving. Yeah. Let's pull it in so that we could use materials in a way that's um, safe during the pandemic. And so I started researching more and more about Montessori. And um, and this was a piece of, of living with purpose. Her, although her first school, um, she opened in 1907, she developed her system and her approach and expanded and scaled dramatically throughout yes. World War I and World War II. She became, she wasn't at the beginning, but she became extremely grounded in peace, which makes sense given the world that she was facing. And so, and and she believed that world peace begins in early childhood classrooms. And so the peaceful Montessori classrooms that you see are grounded in um, preparing students to 
cultivate peace. Um, and so we were looking and expanding in so many ways as to what is core, what is, can we capture as core, and we can create in a way that's child-friendly, that isn't throwing the horrors of the, of the world at them, right. um, even talking about them having to fight the horrors of the world, but is creating an environment that is so inviting, enveloping, cultivating a positive of what we want to support them to be able to develop, that they feel it and live it and bring it forth in the world. Right. And that is just so beautiful and so needed in the world that we live in today. I think what you're talking about solves so many of the problems that we're seeing. Just when you look at the news, and um, I've actually used to be a news and political junkie. I just was obsessed with it. And I had to cut myself off because it's so, so polarizing. And there's just that lack of, let me just hear you out. You know, that lack of empathy because our society has become so egocentric. Yeah. And I think what you're proposing is really a solution for this. And so for those of you out there, I mean, definitely um, get into Shira's program. This is literally going to be able to change the face of education from birth through, I would say, even the college years. You could probably develop something eventually down the line. Um, and even personal development later in life, you could probably develop as you scale and grow to really help people understand this concept. Yeah, I believe so. And and yes, dialogue is a is a core piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, developing the skills to have conversations with people who disagree with you, to believe that somebody can disagree with you, yes. even passionately disagree with you. Yes. Um, and still be compassionate and intelligent. So that becomes a piece of the flexibility of grounding yourself in this this core purpose, whether it be peace, whether it would be well-being, whether it be connection, um, taking that core purpose and understanding it in flexible ways and understanding it in inviting inclusive ways. Yeah, that, absolutely. I love all of that. And um, I think when we really just break it down. It comes down to awareness, right? So many of us are just, we're just not aware. And what you're doing is helping the children to be more aware of others. And I think when you're all, I wouldn't, I don't want to see people putting themselves second, but at least making aware of others needs that alone can just change the world because it just helps us to get outside of ourselves and stop looking at the world from an internal and looking at it from more of a collaborative perspective, which we desperately need right now. So I can definitely see um, how my conversation yesterday with my friend is so pertinent to what you're talking about, because if this becomes the norm, then 150 years from now, our the world will be different. Society yeah. can literally change because we will be seeing it more from a collaborative and also abundant men- mindset, because what you're talking about is filled with abundance. Part of the issue that we see in the world and what we are teaching our children from generation to generation is that there's not enough, right? There's not enough resources, so I have to hoard. There's not enough happiness, so I have to. The other thing that we think sometimes is that um, if I have it, that means someone else doesn't get it. And really this paradigm shift and this thought process like just that could happen through what you're teaching will help people to see 
there is more than enough. I can give of myself to this person and there's still plenty for me too. And I think that is huge because right now we live in such a scarce world where it's always this feeling of there's not enough money, there's not enough time, there's not enough people out there, there's not enough love, there's but but there is, right? And so what you're teaching can help people have this paradigm shift, which in turn will help children be able to stand up more and give of themselves because they're going to understand, I don't have to be scared, hide and keep it all for myself. Yeah. And they can see living with purpose, um, living with this state of generosity, um, happiness ensues from living in a state of purpose and generosity. So it's not one or the other, it's both, it's connected. And so the principles include what, what are the components of a life well-lived of a, of a life where you, um, you feel the sense of meaning and purpose and possibility and hope, even when facing adversity. Yes. That is amazing. Yes. So let us know. I know you are coming up with the uh, Purpose Inspired Education Academy. Tell us a little bit about that and how um, my audience can get in. Amazing. So um, this is the time to get in if you're interested because I am offering, I, I taught the course live over the summer. And this will be the first time the course is recorded, uh, but it comes along with 12 weeks of group coaching. So through this experience, the, the recorded course you keep for, for life. And um, every time it's upgraded and it is upgraded because I keep learning and growing and expanding it, you get all of those upgrades. So um, the course takes you through reimagining what education is and what education can be. So looking at vision, looking at mission, looking at values beyond your core values, the values you need in times that you might not have chosen at core, and that beneath the core, that purpose, like when we talk about Maria Montessori in peace or Mm -hmm. in my school well-being or other schools connection, Um, discovering your purpose or allowing your purpose to discover you allowing purpose for each person in your school. And so that's the grounding. And then it shifts into application with people, with program, with processes. It is not an initiative. It's a way of being. So it is not additional work for you. It's a lens through which you view the work you're already doing. So there's a path and a guide that is customized. So Every single um, action item in it connects to something you're already doing in your work. So through your your living, you're deepening and um, exponentially expanding impact in the oh, ways that, that is, matter to you. That is awesome. So for those of you, I know some of the teachers out there are thinking, oh, not one more curriculum change. But this isn't a mm-hmm. curriculum change. This it's is not. just a bonus. It's literally like a plug into the curriculum you already have. So, so much easier. And just the impact that it can have on all of our careers too, right? And and the trickle down, but the career impact that it can have on us. One of the things too, for educators to think about is when you implement systems like this into your place, it actually makes your job easier. It really does. Um, it, it actually solves so many problems and makes your life and your job easier. So don't be afraid to add one more thing because I know in the beginning it feels like it's a lot of work, but 
one of the things I tell myself all the time is you got to look at that payoff, right? I, I kind of calculate to myself, yes, I might be putting in 10 hours, 20 hours to learn something new. But if that saves me a couple hours every week and stress, then throughout the next five to 10 years, it's literally saved me thousands of hours. Yeah, this program is, when people ask the question, if you could tell your younger self something, what would you tell your younger self? Um, This program is the gift I want to give to my younger self. My career would have been different had I had it from the start. It took me 25 years in education to pull all this together. And, um, and I believe that my career would have been different and careers will be different and schools will be different as a result. But I do, I, in my mind, creating it, go back to versions of myself earlier on and imagining how much more impactful I could have been with this approach that I had to learn. Yes, absolutely. So I will put, um, all of Shira's contact information in the notes and also the link uh, to get into Purpose Inspired Education Academy. But I just put her website on the screen here. It's revabilities.com. If you're listening to the podcast, the go to the show notes. All of her contact information links that you will need will be in the show notes. Do you have any final thoughts for us today? I want to say that educators are doing work that does change the world. Mm -hmm. And each and every one of us on our own um, are not, each of us is doing life-changing work. Together, we can do world-changing work. And supporting each other in that is so vital. Absolutely. Yeah. So I feel so blessed to be part of communities of um, innovative heart-centered educators and would love to meet and connect with more of you and to to combine our, our work to make a bigger impact. So Evelyn, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so grateful. Oh, no problem. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for those of you listening or watching live. Again, as always, I really, really appreciate when you subscribe and give me a review. I appreciate those five-star reviews on my podcast, whether you're on Apple podcast or one of the many places that you're listening to the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, same, please give this video a like and a subscribe. And thank you so much for joining us and taking the time out of your day. Thank you for joining Evelyn today. For more information, please visit childcarebusinessprofessionals.com.